0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, Increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 46 titled The Unofficial Motomarica Twins Cup Pre-Race Show with co-host Chris Bays. In this episode, Moto America Twins Cup racer Chris Bays joins me on the show and leads a really informative and entertaining discussion with his Twins Cup racing buddies, who of course also happen to be his competitors, Robbie Ciccolo Jr., Jason Madama, Jackson Blackman, and Cooper McDonald. We talk a little about each rider's racing resume, the specifications for Twins Cup bikes, and the models that are most commonly used the riders to watch for this season, and each racer's predictions for who is going to be up on the podium this weekend at the season opening round at Road America in Wisconsin. I think this discussion really helps to highlight how the sport of motorcycle racing can simultaneously foster great friendships in the paddock, as well as awesome competition out on the track once the flag drops. It also provides some insights into how a motorcyclist who is interested in becoming a professional motorcycle road racer can get started in the Road America Twins Cup Series. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, May 26, 2020, and is being published on Wednesday, May 27, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. So we're doing something a little bit different here tonight. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Chris Bays, the Twins Cup Motor America racer, and I had been talking about maybe co-hosting some shows together uh, for a couple of reasons. One, he is a racer. You know, he's, a, he's a pro racer in the Motor America series. Uh, two, I haven't even been on the track yet, although I'm, you know, anyone that's listened to my past episodes knows I'm working on it, uh, trying to get getting to doing California Superbike School and doing some track days and such. But with the COVID-19 and shelter in place and the lockdown, that hasn't quite happened yet. But anyway, so I thought it'd be really cool for, for Chris and I to kind of co-host because uh, he's got the racing background and he definitely knows the, the guys in the paddock much, much better than I do. So Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So
0: art. I just thought I'd uh, kind of quickly run down the roster and then uh, I'll hand it over to you. I know you've got some really good questions you had for everybody. So Chris has been a guest on the podcast twice before, and he's riding the number 621 Suzuki SV650 this year for R-Bomb Racing. Joining us also is Robbie Ciccolo Jr., also a previous guest on the podcast, who is riding, riding the number 642 Suzuki SV650 for N2 Racing. He hasn't signed on yet, but Jason Madama, who was on the show most recently, is going to be joining us, and he's riding this season the number 213 Yamaha FCO7 for Syndicate Racing and Apex Assassins, and then we've got uh, two new guests tonight, so Jackson Blackman, who's riding the number 18 Suzuki SV6, six, oh, sorry, SV650 sorry SV for Robham Engineering, and Cooper McDonald, who's riding the number 20 Yamaha FCO7 for Bartcon Racing, so gentlemen, welcome.
2: Thanks for having us, Chris.
0: Absolutely, man. So, Chris, I'll, uh, I'll kick it over to you and I'll let you roll.
1: Yeah, thank, thanks again, Chris. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, guys, for jumping on. Um, so uh, tonight we, we wanted to do a, a, a season preview or maybe a, a Road America preview for the Twins Cup series. Um, maybe for fans that, that haven't watched the class before or only seen a race or two, we, we want to talk a little bit about what is the Twins Cup and, and maybe some of the riders to keep an eye on this weekend as we get ready for Road America. Um, Chris did a, a great introduction, but, but maybe to start it off, let's, let's go around, uh, around the table here, and uh, I'd like to ask each of the riders to tell us a little bit about your program this year, more about your bike, your sponsors, um, and just what you have going into uh, the 2020 season starting at Road America. Um, Jackson, you wanna you wanna kick us off and and just tell us about your SB650.
3: Yeah, so um, so this year I'm racing for Robo engin- Engineering, which is kind of a kickoff of the the R Bomb Racing Team from the the past two seasons in Moto America, and um, I'm really excited about you know to get the year started. Slightly new crew, but a lot of guys I've known for a few years now and. You know, the, the bikes are, are looking awesome. It's probably the, the best SVs that I've ever seen, um, honestly, and road. And so I'm really excited to start the, the year with the new crew, with the new bikes. And uh, we got a really good setup this year. So I'm really excited to kick it off this weekend at Road America.
1: Well, that's great. Thanks. Uh, I think I think you guys have some, some sweet bikes. I got to see them at Roadland last week um hoover what about you uh, back back on the yamaha this year i see
4: uh yeah um thank you so much for having me um uh so colin barton over at bart uh bartcon racing um inviting me to his program this last year uh with dominic doyle riding on the junior cup um and, yeah, he just saw the performances of last year on the Yamaha and uh, decided to give me a shot this year. Uh, we got a completely new package from what we had last year, and uh, we think it'll be very competitive relative to last year. Um, and we, we think uh, not only are we going to have better performance in the top speed, but uh, a better handling machine. I think uh, we've got a good shot for it this year. So
1: Yeah, that, that's great. You guys made made consistent progress all through last year. You had some really good results. So. I'm sure that getting to go back to some of those tracks will uh, will just be more and more improvement.
4: Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, last year it was my first time at each one of the tracks. So um, I had zero laps at any of the tracks before we went there. And uh, so the first practice that we had, and it was me learning the track and uh, qualifying was a whole new thing. So I think going back there with some uh, experience relative to last year will be uh, very impactful to the championship in the season.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will.
2: Uh, Robbie, what about you? What do you have going, on, uh, as we head into 2020? So, um, I'm, uh, representing N2 track days and, uh, most of us like myself, I'm real, I'm relatively new to racing, maybe two years or something like that, but I've been doing track days for about 10 years. And, um, I'm actually also on an bomb bike. Um, there used to be an bomb bike has an bomb motor. I think it's actually very similar to yours. Um, and, uh, our, our, our goal is just to kind of like show people what we can do with our teaching and continuously get better. Um, we came into the season last year relatively new, like barely qualifying or even not qualifying. And towards the end of the season, I mean, we were working our way up towards the middle of the pack. So this year, with a lot more knowledge um, from myself and Foul Play Racing, who's been working on my bike, we hope to even move up a little bit more. So, mostly what we're looking for is to uh, better ourselves and then show people that they can do that as well. Yeah.
1: I yeah. love that. Thank you. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have you teaching guys like, uh, like a host, Chris guys here. We'll have
3: that. We'll have exactly. we
0: got to hook that up.
2: You know, like so <laughs> a lot of like the newer guys, like, I mean, especially last year we fell on our face, like at least 10, 20 times with blown up motors and crashing or having no idea how to tune suspension or anything. Cause you know, it's a different game when you got 20 minutes to do it instead of all day at a track day. You know, so then those guys hopefully don't have to fall on their face as much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta take your lumps and get through that learning curve. But uh, yeah. like I said, you guys, you, you, you put it together towards the end of the season and I'm sure you'll build on it starting this year.
2: Thanks. I appreciate it. And then it's actually been like a lot of the help has been from, say, like even you, like I haven't known you that much. And I'm at Roebling and I'm texting you and you're telling me you're gearing and you're telling me what worked for you. So it's made it a lot easier for our team because the other teams have been so helpful to us. Yeah.
1: yeah you know i I think that's one of the great things about about the twin Cup class and and that's been my experience all the way from from the club level um up through um the Motor america paddock is um certainly it's competitive and when you get into those those top five guys there's there's some serious competition
4: Mm
1: -hmm. um but but people are still very friendly very willing to help and they want to they want to get you back out on track and help you get faster it's it's good for the it's good for the racing it's good for the paddock and good for the fans
2: i think a, a great example of that i was at pit race and i toasted my motor in qualifying two and i thought i was done for the weekend but i ended up walking around the paddock and somebody offered me a motor i was like well how much do you want for his I to put it in just go racing don't worry about it pay me later like one of my competitors is giving me a motor so i can go race for the next couple hours you know and then on top of that i think mike Kuplos was coming over kind of giving us tips and pointers on how to get it in faster and all the other stuff. Like everyone was trying to get me on the grid. My competitors are trying to help me race. It's really it, it's really a cool thing to watch, you know, or be a part of as well.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: So um
1: I guess just to to complete the intros, I'll I'll tell you a bit about my program. So um Chris Bayes writing for uh Armon Racing. Um also on a Suzuki SV650 and uh, really bringing back the pretty much the same program as last year. We we picked up um, some new support, um, new help with uh, with the chassis from Velocity Calibrations, the new parts from Rubem Engineering. Um, trying to just continue to improve the handling, but um, just coming back for, for another year to to try to move up into that next that next fastest group. So um, unfortunately, I won't be there in Road America this weekend, but. Hoping to make um, most of the rest of the rounds once uh, the season gets going again.
0: So um, just, uh, before before you go on to the next thing, I just had a quick question uh, for Cooper. So so Cooper, since the tracks were new to you last year, what was one of them a favorite for you? Like that stands out.
4: Um. So my I, I have two that I can't really decide which one I like better. Uh, I really liked Utah. Uh, because it was really technical, and uh, I got my first podium there. So that definitely nice. helped with uh, with me liking that track. And Absolutely. I also really liked Laguna. Um, Laguna was just really cool because you know, it has all those sweeping corners, and um, it, it was also really technical, like uh, Utah. I, I really liked Laguna.
0: Nice. You like the corkscrew?
4: I do. It is yeah. so cool to build elevation all the way up the track, and then it all dropped just right there. It, it's uh, a lifetime... Uh, everyone should do it at least once you know
0: yeah it's funny because i've raced that track virtually i don't know how many times i gotta actually do it in real life one time <laughs>
1: you <laughs> sh- you definitely should it's uh, it's at least great at great
0: least ride course. it it won't be race it, but ride it
4: exactly. yeah just fully yeah. it through the uh course here it's it's a cool experience nothing like it anywhere cool Yo, there's a lot
2: of racers that uh they train by playing video games to learn the tracks. So Chris, you should be good and ready to go already. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the lines and everything. You'd be fine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, in, in case anybody's listening, uh, isn't familiar with the twins class at all. Um, just give you a quick rundown on, on the bikes we're talking about. Um, so at, at a super high level, uh, the rules package is uh, roughly 600 to 800cc two-cylinder motorcycles. These are all bikes that you can buy from a dealer. Um, th- quite a few modifications are allowed. Uh, we're allowed to make a lot more changes than, say, the Junior Cup, definitely more than the stock 1,000 bikes. Um, if you've followed racing for a long time, I'd say the modifications are somewhere between like a super stock package and less than full-on like old-school super bike rules. And then, Moto America's done a pretty good job of doing some balancing rules that allow different modifications to the different manufacturers to try to create um, more or less a level playing field, so that a bike that might come from the showroom with 650 CCs can be competitive with a bike that might come with 700 or more CCs. And when when you run down the grid, you'll see bikes that cost five thousand bucks to build, and then you'll see bikes that probably cost more than the Supersport 600 bikes. <laughs> um, so there's, there's quite a range. And uh, what, what you're going to see this weekend at Road America is a combination of Suzuki SV650s and Yamaha uh, FZ07s, uh, although the class does allow for uh, Kawasaki's, Ducati's, and we expect to see an Aprilia uh, coming in the next year or two.
0: I just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4, Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patilla and Jerry Vavaro, V-Twin Club members Richard Warfield Jr. of r Dub Studios LLC and Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School, Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider, and V4 Club member John DelVecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book, Cornering Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show.
1: So I, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to run through some of, the, uh, some of the riders to watch this weekend and, and get, get your guys' take from the other racers on the call here. There, there's too many to talk about everyone, so sorry to some of the guys that we aren't going to talk about you tonight. But um, we have uh, 31 official entrants for Wisconsin. Um, wanted to break it down into some of the guys you're going to see at the front. And we'll talk about three groups. We're going to talk about the Junior Cup kids, then we'll talk about the fast old guys.
4: <laughs>
1: and I'm, I'm an old guy, so I can say that. And then we'll talk about the Goldilocks group. Not too young, not too old. So I'm um, just going to toss out some names for the group here and, and get, get you guys' take and your thoughts on how these folks will fare this weekend. We'll start with the Junior Cup kids. Uh, we know that um, last year, Alex Dumas really paved the way. Um, to show what could happen moving up from his KTM up to the SV 650 and taking the championship. But he's, uh, he's now gone on to stock 1000. Um, what we're seeing is that there's actually a number of riders that are following that road up from junior to twins. And, uh, one of them is on the call here with us, Jackson. Um, Jackson, what what led you to make that switch from from the four hundred to the the SV? Why why make that jump? Why not why not stay in four hundreds or go to six hundreds or stock thousand or something like that?
3: Uh, well, you know, I've been racing uh, the the three hundred class here for a while the last few years, and I just kind of feel that I'd already had some previous experiences on the the lightweight bikes, the SVs, and with Russell Mascar and the guys are bomb Racing. And so I just kind of felt it was time for some more power, you know. And um, I already had been doing some testing on uh, the bikes previously and, and felt that my skill level was there to move up and it not be a, a bad move. Um, but at the same time, you know, didn't think it was quite time to go to 600 uh, with it being so competitive right now. So... I thought it was a really good jump for me, and I think it really showed there at the last two rounds last year that that was definitely the right move.
1: Yeah, for sure. You, you had some great results there in uh, Jersey and, and Barber, and I'm sure you're going to build on that heading into Wisconsin. Um, can, can you tell us about, like, when you think about the way you ride the 300 or the 400 versus how you ride that bike like a uh, lightweight twin? Um, How do you have to change the way you approach that on the
3: track? I'd say definitely the Junior Cup to Twins Cup is a big change in riding style and the geometry of the bike. Um, The biggest thing for me is I feel like I already kind of have more of like a super bike style as where, you know, from doing so much uh, flat tracking, especially here recently, um, I'm not necessarily a guy that's gonna that's gonna stay on the edge of the tire for for so long when it's not needed you know um which I feel the junior cup is needed you know full lean angle a lot of speed you know all the way out at the edge of the track and I felt like I picked that up on the 400 but I felt more at home on the SV kind of able to point and shoot a little bit more I mean still with you know a lot of corner speed from uh, as if you're riding a 400 but add that little bit of extra power um really helped me in my riding style of being more you know kind of in and out and kind of setting up the turns better where i feel like the junior cup bike you can kind of get away with some stuff that you can't on the bigger bikes
1: yep definitely but less of a less of a momentum corner speed style with the junior cup and more of a Stop the bike, get it turned, accelerate out with the twin.
0: What uh what's the horsepower difference between like a four hundred and twins cup, you know, kind of your quote unquote average bike.
1: So um you know, you guys from the junior cup, keep me honest here, but um I think a Moto America spec, Cali four hundred, is say again.
2: I think it's around 50 horsepower with the restrictor.
1: I believe you're right. Yeah, I was going to say 48 or 50. Um, with Without the Moto America restrictions, I think you can get them up closer to 55. Um, but again, there's some some balancing rule there to make different manufacturers competitive at different displacements.
2: Yeah, I was actually oh. talking to Mike Davis, and I believe that the 400, they, they cap the RPMs. They take it down about 2,000. And then they put a restrictor plate on it. Don't quote me on it, but I know they lower the max RPMs and I know that they have to put a restrictor plate on it. Wow. And that's like the R3s. They have like a kit where they can build up the motor so that it, it goes up as well.
0: Okay. Makes sense. Yep.
1: And then when you, when you compare that to the, a the back twins cup bike, um, depends who you talk to. Right. But I would think 85 to 95 horsepower, gotcha. uh, okay. or the guys at the yeah, front. I
4: would agree. That's
0: a little bit of a difference.
1: It is. You've got some more weight. Um, You've got some more weight, but uh, you you see at some tracks, the lap times can be quite close. And then other more horsepower focused tracks, um, the the gap gets larger. Yeah.
0: Okay. What uh, does anyone know what the lap record is at, uh, at uh, road America for twins cup?
4: I, I think, uh, I think it's Chris Parrish, or not Chris Parrish, uh, Chris Turner's. I think he did a thirty-one. I want to say. Wow. I'm not. A, I'm not 100 sure. I know it was yeah. set last year. Uh well. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was in the race as well. Uh, on one of the last laps, I'm pretty sure he. Nice. Set well, cool. He set the fastest lap.
1: I think. I think Chris had his eyes closed for the second to last lap.
0: <laughs> Actually, I have to go back and watch that one again.
1: You. You certainly should. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll put we'll put in a plug here for Moto America Live Plus. Everyone should have Moto America Live Plus, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Go back and watch those replays. So um, let, let's see. So so I think definitely Jackson is going to be going to be a rider to watch this weekend from the Junior Cup. Um, I'll tell you another rider that I would I would keep my eye on is um, Trevor Standish. Trevor's on a, a Suzuki SV650 Pure Attitude bike. And, um, Trevor's been in the Moto America paddock since the KTM cup days before the junior cup. And, um, I'd say he's had a lot of, um, good solid kind of mid pack finishes, but, but he can also get to the front and and he's scored podiums in both KTM and junior cup. Um, and no offense to Trevor, but I, I wouldn't have put him on my list two weeks ago, but, um, we were down in Roebling Doing a a preseason race with Wira with Jackson and his teammate Toby and I and um, I was really impressed with the speed that that Trevor found. Um, He uh, he pulled me into some personal best laps and and actually finished ahead of Jackson and Toby in in some races uh, with an overall win. So um, I think I think Trevor Standish is ready to make a step this year on on his SB650, and I I bet he's got a lot of confidence coming off of that Roebling event. Um, as he heads into the weekend.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, actually, I was actually talking to someone, I forget who it was, one of the R-Bomb guys, I think, and he was running, uh, he didn't even have steel brake lines on that bike that weekend, I think. They're still rubber.
4: Oh, and uh, real quick to correct my statement, the Road America lap record is set by Chris Turner uh, on his SV, a 229,702. That's the oh. uh, lap record. I was okay. I was pretty off on that. I got confused with Laguna's uh, lap record.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. Well, we'll have to make you the official fact checker.
4: <laughs> LWT racer is the... Uh, shout shout the out obvious. Sam Weiss. Okay.
1: <laughs> official, unofficial lap record holder, Sam, lap record keeper, Sam Weest.: um, Yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I, think, I think Trevor's got his mojo going. Um, got a question for you, Robbie. Um, talking about a rider gaining confidence. You, you were telling us how you, you're kind of building as, as a relatively new racer after being a longtime track day guy. Um, can you tell us kind of like how much of a role does confidence play and and how did that build for you over your your first season in Moto America?
2: Um, for Moto America, it was a huge jump for me. I mean, before I did three club racing rounds, I think. And um, it, it's a completely different world I mean, doing club racing because you have so much time to get everything done. You have so much time to think. You have so much time to fail um, that it's really, it's, it was really easy for me to be really good. Um, I was racing like a $1,500 bike. I mean, the thing had nothing. It was complete junk. And, you know, we were making the best of it. But I was doing Moto America Times on it. And then I went and I jumped on a super bike with you know a really good team and i was actually putting similar times down but just like the pressure is so much more in moto america and the time is so much more condensed that uh it became i guess more difficult to start to get like those pro times but as i started to get used to the environment and used to you know you got 20 minute practice you got 20 minute qualifying it started to get a little bit better so we're hoping to continue that trend, which actually I know will continue that trend as we go along. So it's been fun.
1: Yep, I'm sure it will. Cooper, what about you? I think you had also made the similar jump from from club racing to, to pro racing format. And the weekends definitely run a bit differently. Uh, how, how do you approach the weekend in terms of, like, making a plan, setting your goals, evaluating your performance through the event?
4: You know, it uh, varies per track that I went to, you know. Um, this is my fifth year of racing in total. Um, so I'm, I'm still learning each time I hit the track, you know, um, and you know, if I would go out and I was running 15th or 16th because, um, first practice still learning the track, I would try to get behind someone that I knew was faster than me. Like, uh, my, my old teammate, uh, Drake Beechamp or Chris Parrish. I'd try to get behind someone that knew the track. Um, at least to stay behind him for a couple laps. Michael Barnes was another one that I would uh, try to go out behind because um, he definitely knew the tracks better than anybody on the grid. Um, but yeah, I would try to go out there if uh, and get behind somebody um, and just stay out there the whole session and try to uh, get as much data as I could and go back and sit down and try to figure out where I can go quicker and then try to put my head down for qualifying. Uh, One thing that I will see that uh, is quite different from the club racing to pro racing is you do not get um, near as much time on the track as you do in club racing where in club racing usually you get a whole day of practice and then um, a full day of racing where uh, a lot of the time at Moto America you're um, prepping for the next session. Um, You get about three hours of time total at moto america where you'd get a lot more at the club races so it's trying to be able to make as much uh, of an impact in a short amount of time as possible that's that's what i typically uh try to do
2: and i think yeah. i've seen you do something crazy a couple of times too like have to swap a motor in like three hours or something like that i think it was at road atlanta correct
4: uh yeah yeah road atlanta was uh crazy i uh showed up and our bikes were not quite ready i didn't make any of the practice sessions uh or any of the qualifying i made it out in uh the second qualifying session on our fast motor did seven laps and blew our fast motor um because our electronics weren't working properly so we had to swap it again and uh so I had seven laps before the race, and then I think I finished, like, 20th or 19th on a stock motor my first time <laughs> at Road Atlanta. And then the second race, I finished, like, 17th. I don't even remember. But, uh, yeah, the first the first round was really tough. Um, but we were just going to uh, try to get some data and see what we had for uh the other riders because it was my first time there first time ever trying to do anything pro besides the daytona 200 in 2017 so um yeah it was it was a good way to get some data and uh get ready for the next round i didn't make uh virginia but then i came back at road america and finished in the top 10 so um it was just a slow progression throughout the year awesome yep super
0: Cool. So, 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 Cooper, do you need to drop off? I know you got some uh, preps to do for the coming weekend.
4: Yes, uh, I gotta go finish up, uh, finish the electronics package um, with a racer. So that that's what I gotta do this evening. But thank you yeah. guys so much for having me. Uh, this was a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, this. thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. I'll actually I'll be at uh, Road America this weekend. So uh, hopefully I will see you from a safe social distance. Exactly. <laughs> uh, touch elbows. <laughs> Um, exactly whatever (laughs) it takes yeah fist bump whatever
4: exactly i'll see you guys there all right right. good luck man see you there thank
1: you so uh i guess we we can't move on from the uh junior cup kids without talking about rocco landers so as as many will know rocco was the junior cup season champion last season and really i think won it in in a convincing fashion Um, definitely had some, some guys give, give him a challenge along the way. And, uh, Rocco was signed up to go to Red Bull rookies in Europe this year. But with, um, with the COVID-19 situation, we're, we're lucky to have him racing with us domestically again this weekend. He is, uh, entered in both junior cup and the twins class. I, I think I saw he's on the, um, the road racing world team hammer Suzuki SV, um, same team that that ran Dumas and Joe Blasius last year. Um what what do you guys what do you guys expect from Rocco this weekend? Uh Jackson, I know I know you you had some close races with him in, in Jersey. Um what do, what do you think we're going to see from Rocco in his first Twin's race?
3: I think he's going to be you know right where everybody would expect him, you know, um you know, quite honestly um you know, I put in so much work in my dad's shop and everything, you know, just to go racing. Um, I try not to really think about, um, anybody else when it comes to, you know, before the race, especially the week of the race, you know, I try to stay off social media and, um, just kind of focus on myself and not the other guys. But I definitely think that he's going to be towards the front. Um, you know, as I think most people would expect, you know,
1: for sure. Yeah. So I know you and he did some racing last year. Like, what do you, what do you think it is? What does he do well that, that makes him so fast?
3: I think, um, a lot of it is he doesn't make many mistakes. And when he does make a mistake, he learns from it and corrects it really fast. Um, I think that's one thing he did really well on the junior cup bikes that I think it showed a lot on, on those small bikes. Um, you know, how, how little there, little there, you know, how, how much it adds up, you know? Um, I think on Twins cup bike, he will definitely do very well, but at the same time, he, from what i from what I believe he doesn't have as much time on, a Twins Cup bike as he had on the Junior Cup bikes. Because um, I believe he's on the 400 for a good few years there, or at least a couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to a new bike because nobody's really seen him on anything else than the 400. Um, but I definitely think that he's going to be fast. And I think that really showed last year that um, he just didn't make a lot of mistakes. I think that's what. What really got him the championship is he didn't really have a bad race. Um, or at least not to his fault, you know.
1: Yep, for sure. I think being being precise and being consistent. I mean that's that's what that's what it takes to win a championship. And uh obviously he's a fast learner. He he uh came out of the gate and uh really just gapped the field and rode Atlanta. Um so I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. I I would definitely put him in my my top few guys to watch this weekend for sure. So um, hey,
0: hey, Chris, uh, Jason Madama is ready to join. So if you want to hold on a second, I will try to add him in. Perfect. Okay, I think I got it. Bear with me. I need to have like some elevator music or something while. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. while, while, while i'm doing all this technical stuff <laughs>
2: fix it in post
0: yeah exactly i'll be up late tonight editing yeah it's still recording
2: okay well i kind of wanted to add a little bit to uh chris's last question where um the sv650s and the twins cup bikes are so different than most of race bikes because they're not race bikes they're street commuters turned into race bikes so they behave very differently on the track. And I think when people make the jump from race bike to something like an SV650, there's almost like a different skill set between um, racing a race bike and then racing a street commuter. Like, if there's a certain period where it takes to adapt to ride one of those. For example, myself, I'll get on an R6 or something like that, and it's I'm horrible on it. It's like, what is this? It does what it's supposed to. Everything on here is super nice. Versus, like, on an SV, I'm used to, like all the feedback I get. So I think like, like last year, I don't even remember Alex Dumas. It took him about three or four rounds to really get that bike figured out and going. So I think Rocco Landers, I mean, he's a really good rider and he picks stuff up really fast, but I think that he's going to end up following top guys like Jackson Blackman and Toby. And, um, during the end of the laps, he's going to try and, you know, use what he learned and adapted during that race to try and make his move. That's that, that's just a, you know, my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you could, I think you could be right, Robbie. He, I think he's fast enough to sit there and watch him learn. And then if he can make the move, he'll make the move. And, you know, if, if it, if it means, you know, finishing third, fourth, fifth place for a few rounds while he goes to school, I think he's, he's patient enough to do that as well and, and, and figure out what it takes to, to get on the top step.
2: Yeah. I agree. He's definitely not a crasher either.
3: And one thing that I'd like to add on that, that I've had experience with is that, to me, any rider running two classes in a weekend, um, it's definitely not an easy task. Um, I, mean, I think I can speak for that at New Jersey. Um, I'd say I'm in, in pretty good physical shape and, you know, had previous experience on both bikes, but when it came time racing, you know, two classes all weekend, um, I think it's a little bit underestimated at at how much more physical and mental strain that is than, than, uh, you know, just focusing on one class and especially adapting, um, bike to bike session to session. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, and, you know, he's, he's going to have two double header classes this weekend. Um, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of time and it's, um, as you guys know, it, it can be challenging to get, get the focus and get the intensity. <laughs> like like when you go run a track day, you don't go out there with the red mist every session, every lap. Um, but when you're out there doing Moto America qualifiers, you, you've got to be at that race intensity. And um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he's able to, able to do that throughout the weekend.
2: I actually saw him, uh, Nelson Legends, there's an N2 Weira endurance race. And um, I was entered in the lightweight twin class with uh, four dudes on a twin, and um, we went up against Bobblehead Moto, who was riding Rocco Landers and Blake Davis, and they were on a bone stock FCO 7s. I shouldn't say bone stock, had an exhaust, I believe. You know, no R6 front or anything fancy like that. And uh, Blake Davis and Rocco, you know, they're, they're running pretty good, but they were not beating everyone at the beginning but then all of a sudden Rocco smashed the rack like lap record by three seconds I believe on um, a pretty much stock FCO7 and uh, they didn't have a dump can or anything and they they walked away with it but I think it took them like a, a solid hour or something like that to be able to figure out the bike that's fast that's real yeah fast. I think it was a 108 at Nelson I don't even ever been there
1: Yep, two fast kids on that bike
2: yeah <laughs>
0: Hey, Chris. So uh if you, give me one second. So uh Jason's just having trouble with Skype on his phone. Let me I'm just gonna try dialing him directly. Hello. Hey Jason. How's it going, man? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. You guys uh, can you hear him all right?
2: Yeah, I can hear him. Okay. All
0: right. Awesome. Thanks for joining, man. I know sometimes the uh the gremlins get at the technical stuff, but uh, this this sound this sounds pretty good. So I think we'll go this way.
5: Okay, cool, man. Yeah, sorry about
0: that. I'm on the road. I don't have my laptop that fix it. So, yeah, no, no, no sweat. So, uh, so Chris Bays is co-hosting with me. Actually, he's kind of uh, running running the thing right now because he's got some really good topics to talk about. And we've got uh Robbie Chicolo Jr. is on. Jackson Blackman is on. Cooper McDonald was on, but he had to drop off because he's uh, still doing preps to his race bike and stuff. So, uh, Chris, I'll hand it oh, back over to you.
1: Last minute stuff, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're doing we're doing an authentic, privateer, professional podcast here. We've got guys unloading trailers in the background, fixing crash damage, wiring up ECU's, driving. I love so. it.
0: It's 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 <laughs> genuine, man. That's racing. Nice. I'm an
5: punk, drinking a beer. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> no uh, no first class flights here. Yeah,
5: <laughs> my shit's loaded up and ready to go, boys.
1: Cool. There you go. So, so, uh, Jason, thanks for calling in. We're, uh, we're kind of doing like a road America preview and running down some of the riders to watch. We, we just finished the group we called the junior cup graduates and you're here right on time because we're going to talk about the group titled the fast old guys. <laughs> so we know, uh, we know last year, the fastest, oldest fast guy was Michael Barnes. Um, but, but he's not back this year. Um, but we still got plenty of fast old guys. Um, and why don't, why don't we just start out by talking about you, Jason Madama. Um, tell us about like your bike, your program, your sponsors, and just how you're feeling heading into Wisconsin.
5: All right. Uh, I, I'm pretty pumped about Road America. Um, I've always had decent results. I mean, in 18, I won my first AMA Motor America race there, which is really, really cool. Uh uh and then in in 19 i i mean i led like the first half of the race and was right up in front and a couple of mistakes kept me from being on the podium but uh i mean i was always like right up in the lead group so the guys even qualified in the front row um so I'm, I'm pretty pumped man i really like the track and kind of suits me i just like high speed you know and it, it's kind of an easy track to learn and you can go real fast on it so it's uh it's a lot of fun, man. It's a fun track to race on too. There's a lot of passing spots. And so I don't know, man, I'm pumped. I, I feel like I have a pretty good chance of, you know, doing pretty good. But like you said, there's some little junior cup ringers that are coming. so It's gonna. I'm going to have my work cut out for me, but, uh, I, I don't know, man, I'm confident. So I comfortable with the track. I've been there a couple times, even before moto America, it was one of the only tracks I'd ever been to that was, um, that I'd, you know, that was, wasn't new to me. So, uh, uh familiar with the track i mean my bike is ripping we've done a bunch of work to it over um uh, off season just dialing in the chassis and um putting it i have two engines and uh one of them about halfway through the season was having some problems and so i swapped it to the other one and we got the original one that was the better motor of the two dialed in a little better and so um i think that's going to be helpful and uh just a that's, bunch of components so I don't know, man. I think the bike's looking good and you know, as far as like sponsorship for me this year, I uh I kind of am running like the whole same group of guys. Like everybody that helped me last year is helping me this year. I mean, even at the last minute, like um the Conquest C B D guys, uh they sold their company, but they're still doing sort of the same thing and they ended up backing me from a different owner. And so I'm still running the turptastic uh pain stick thing that I have, which is really cool. And then you know, Moto D's helping me, and Apex Assassins, the track guys out of Vegas are helping me, and Riders Law is still helping me a little bit, and uh, you know, all the parts companies and all that stuff. So, like, I'm, we're we're coming in pretty strong, man. I mean, I, I I got two motors that are, you know, one backup and one in the bike, and like a bunch of spares, and a set of bodywork that's re- wrapped and ready to go. And so, I'm ready to throw it down the track if I have to. So, it's on.
1: Yeah, you sound you sound ready. So obviously, back on the same uh, same Yamaha FZ07, better than last year, but but same basic platform. Um,
5: yeah, I mean, I, I got comfortable with that one. I mean, I, that was kind of the plan from the uh, Altus days was to kind of stick with the same bike and so, uh, but build it more like I wanted to. And you know, now that I've been to all the tracks and I'm comfortable and I have all the data from all the racetracks, I think it's coming in this year especially with like more spares, I guess helps be confident wise, like to push a little harder. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I, like I said, I'm super, super pumped. I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I think we definitely got our eye on you. I mean, obviously you've won it. You've led there. bike's um, quick. So I, I definitely put you on the short list of, of guys to, to bet on this weekend. Um, some, some of the other faster uh veteran racers that, that i'm watching out for um darren james um darren's going to be there on another one of the yamahas um darren, darren's not a full season uh twins cup racer in, in previous years but he's, he's come out and done done a handful of the events um comes from canada uh he, he's got a really diverse background raced a lot of different stuff um really cool thing he, he does the road racing like isle of man tt northwest 200 irish roads um so the guy's not scared to go quick um and the last couple of years he's, he's been riding on a, a yamaha fz07 prepped by uh, ap moto arts he's back on FZ this year i think now he's out of the robin engineering tent next to jackson um what, what do you guys expect from darren it seems like he's always there around the top five but I don't know if I've seen him on the podium yet. Do you you think he can make that step this weekend?
5: I mean, yeah, I, he's always been there with me. It's always funny. Like I look at the videos and I watch the races and it's always, he's always right there, man. He's had some really bad luck and I kind of feel sorry for him. And I'm not even sure. Like I thought I heard a rumor that he wasn't able to come in because of the COVID and there was a travel ban. And I guess, I'm not sure if I saw it on Facebook, if he was not going to make it or not Uh, because of some sort of travel ban and they weren't going to let him cross the border. But um, I hope he comes, man. I mean, like I said, he's had the biggest string of bad luck of anybody I've ever seen, man. Like he's had gremlin after gremlin after gremlin and I just hope he makes it. But yeah, he's definitely one to look out for. He's fast as shit. And so.
1: Yeah, I hadn't hadn't heard that about the the travel ban. I hope that's not the case. I know I saw he drove all the way from British Columbia to Daytona to, to do one practice session earlier this year. Wow. Um, it was like 6,000 miles of driving to do 20 laps. Um, so yeah. I hope, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get, get shut out of, of Wisconsin this year.
5: I know, man. I that, also, that um, I haven't, I haven't heard anything, man. I could message him and find out, but I wouldn't know for a minute, but I, that was the last I've seen. So who knows? I hope he makes it.
3: Yeah. I just talked to, to Mike, uh, Mike Cupolos, the, one of the owners of road Engineering and. Um, from what he knows, I think he's not able to leave Canada. Oh no!
1: Wow, bummer. That's a uh, that's a bummer. I uh,
3: I hope that's not right, but that's Mike says not one hundred percent sure, but that's that's what uh, he thinks.
1: Well, not not that we condone this sort of thing, but hopefully he can find a way to sneak in. <laughs> 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 I agree. Well let's uh let's let's think about one of our other uh our other uh seasoned racers. Um we gotta we gotta talk about Chris Parrish. Um Chris is uh as as many people saw, he made the jump from the Suzuki to the Yamaha late last year, riding the uh Ghetto Customs AP Moto Arts bike. Um and and he obviously liked the Yamaha. He uh he got on to the last two rounds and, and won. The final race at Barber when uh, Alex Dumas was DQ'd for weaving. Uh, he kept Alex on us the whole race for sure. Jason, what what do you think it is that, that makes Parrish so fast? You guys race head-to-head throughout 2018, went down to the last race for the championship. Like, what what does he do well that makes him so quick?
5: <sighs> He's got a big sack on him, man. He is ballsy. Um, <laughs> and he definitely has like a... I don't know what that kind of attitude like. I really like I don't want you to win attitude and it's that's what you need. I mean you need that to win and uh I love it man. I think it's awesome. It would help push me a bunch and you know he he's not afraid to push the limits and I mean I've lo- watched him in front of me just almost crash so many times and like he's just really ballsy man and which I mean honestly it's uh it's what it takes in order to be really, really fast you have to have a little bit of nuts on you so I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I love the dude. He's funny as fuck. And he, uh, he's, he's got, he's got a big sack on him. So I I think that helps. And he's really talented. I mean, he's got a lot of experience, you know, I mean that's what happens when you're as old as we are. You raced a million years. Uh, it's, you just kind of get comfortable and pushing the limit and you just have, he just goes, man. He's he's really impressive, man. I, I I like racing. I like, I trust him on the track and I know he's not going to try and take me out or do anything stupid and, we have some some fun racing. So yeah, I uh he's I think he's gonna kick some butt this year. So Yeah, I agree. Get, get together. I don't know. I haven't seen any motorcycles on any social media. I've not seen anything. I'm waiting to see the unveiling of the bike. So uh hopefully that all works out, man.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I'm sure he has all the gold flake glitter in the world in his paint this, this season. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you're right. He's he's really tenacious. That guy hates losing. And uh, he, he will leave it all out there on the track. Yeah,
5: I agree. Where, I, Like I said, I I told Chris last time we were talking on the podcast that I was very timid last year. Um, didn't want to risk much. And, and I didn't have anybody with me when I was traveling. So now this year I have some more help. And I think it'll open up a little bit more, I don't know, attitude for me uh, as far as my writing. Just to be a little bit more, you know, more aggressive, I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you got to, you got to have confidence, right? And you got to be willing to, to push if you're going to be in there on the, in the lead group. So uh, I I hope you find your mojo again. We, we had enough fifth places last year. Get back on the podium.
5: <laughs>
1: I know, man. Jesus. Oh, man. I don't even talk about it. All right. Let's talk about somebody else. I, I'm to <laughs> give you guys a, uh, I'm going to give you a dark horse pick for this weekend. And that's uh, Daniel Adams. Um Daniel's on the Century Trucks and Van Suzuki sv 650 Um and uh Daniel had kind of a bumpy year last year. Um they they seemed to blow a lot of motors. He had to learn all the new tracks like many of us, but I know he is super fast. Um he's finished ahead of guys like Parrish many times at Barber when we've done a lot of we were a club races in the day. I know he won a lot of races with Cooper out there and CMRA out in Oklahoma. Texas, and I think this guy is going to make a step up this year. Um, I know last year he and I actually had a great race for I think thirteenth place on I mean, his backup stock motor, uh, oh, wow. but I think he's going to be in the front group with another year. And and having seen all these tracks before, um, I, I'm curious. I'd I'd love to hear from uh, maybe maybe Robbie if if I can ask you this one um speaking of learning new tracks like how do you how do you approach learning a new track at uh at a pro event where, where like we've said we don't have a lot of time
2: what's your process i was laughing about this before talking with uh other chris about this is uh, i actually have a computer game called iRacing where you know it's got like a steering wheel and a clutch and a brake gas whatever and it's it's it, they call it a racing simulator it's not supposed to be a video game but anyways they like laser scan all of the tracks So a lot of the tracks that I haven't been to, like uh, Sonoma, um, Road America, I mean, I would just sit in my basement and play this stupid game for, you know, an hour or two after work every day, and I was pretty amazed at how, when I showed up at the track, how similar it was. So I'd say about, maybe after five or six laps, I'm more trying to get used to, like, the feeling of what it's like in each corner, like, how much, you know, G-Force, I'm Am I, do I need to feel before I get on the brakes into this corner or how much lean angle do I need to carry into this corner but I mean visually um it was pretty matched up to I mean it sounds silly but a video game <laughs> I did the same That's, thing <laughs> okay good so I'm not I'm not just I'm not the only weird one doing that.
5: I couldn't find the iRacing racing I used like uh Ride 2 or something some video game on PlayStation 3 or something
2: and
5: mm-hmm. I bet bought that and played Road America and a bunch of times. Laguna was on a couple of them. And
2: uh, I think there's one other one,
5: but yeah, I did a couple of the video game ones for sure.
2: And if anything, it just, it at least gives you like an idea of what it's going to be like, you know, and it, it, it it was really weird going out there for the first or second lap. And it's almost like you're, you're seeing it in like video game eyes. I've turned so many laps on it on the computer. (laughs) 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 Nice. So we've covered, we
1: covered these junior cup kids. We talked about the fast old guys. We got one group left and, and these guys aren't too old. They're not too young. It's the Goldilocks group. They're somewhere in the middle. And it, it's interesting. A lot of these guys come from the middle of the country. I would definitely put our, our guest Cooper McDonald in this group. I mean Cooper's Cooper's fast. He got faster all year. He got a podium in Utah. And um and, and I think with with Barkon and and just another year with his dad, I think, I think they're gonna be super strong. Uh, here at, at Road America this weekend. And his bike is always super fast in a straight line, which, which doesn't hurt there on the big straights in Wisconsin. Uh, I'll tell you another, another, um, another guy I'm looking at is, uh, I'm curious about Hayden Schultz. Uh, I don't know how much all you guys have, have seen Hayden race. He, he didn't come from the Junior Cup last year, but he actually did do very well in the KTM Cup back in 2015. Uh, he finished fourth on the season. In the same year that you had a bunch of guys like Masiato, Posh, Yates, Ort, Jody Berry, all these guys that were, were later very successful on 600s, and and uh, Aiden, Aiden took it to them. Uh, he's been riding flat track, and uh, flat track professionally at AFT, and now he's he's back to road race on uh, Yamaha FZ07. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how quick he can pick up these Twins Cup bikes, especially coming off of the flat tracker. A uh, question for you, Jackson. I know I know you train a lot on flat track. You you're just there over the weekend. Uh what's what's your take on on how training on dirt gets you uh faster on a road racer? How, how does that help you? Jackson, you still with us?
3: I was helping Mike with a couple of things. I'm sorry. Could you ask one more time? It's it's all good. I was asking about
1: flat track and how training on flat track makes you better on a road racer. How do, how does that help you?
3: Oh I'd say that's the, the biggest thing that I've changed going into this season, that I think has had the greatest effect on my riding. Last year, around October, November, I bought, uh, or actually the first bike that I bought completely on my own, uh, 2012 Cali 450 Dirt Tracker, and as soon as I got, I just rode a lot of flat track. Um, Of course, started out not too great, kind of a squid, but... You know, with some help from the, the guys at Corners, you know, Aaron Stevenson and, and getting in a lot of seat time, I was able to get pretty comfortable with it pretty quickly. And and by the time we got to Roebling last weekend, running a, a medium plus on the SV all day long, and at the end of the day, you know, the rear end spinning up coming out of turn two, I felt myself doing the same thing as on the 450, you know, kind of standing the bike up, digging into the foot pegs. Um you know, very similar um, and also made me a lot more confident where I felt that if the tires were going off or at the end of the day, stuff's getting greasy, I felt just as comfortable as when the tires were sticking, and I think that's the biggest thing for me where before on the SV, stuff started moving around, I kind of backed down some. Where at Roebling, I was surprised to actually set my times just as fast on worn out tires as with the new tires, so I think it's been a a really great uh training tool for me this season
1: yeah for sure um so as you uh you know when when you're at the limit of traction um uh, it all it works the same way whether you're on dirt or on pavement right same same physics same technique what about um for sure jason robbie you guys do any dirt you do any flat track or, or dirt biking i actually
2: I live up in, uh, I guess, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, a lot of like hills, mountains, dense woods. So I do uh, when I'm not racing on the street, I'm doing uh, basically trials type stuff, like really slow, single track, big rocks, mud puddles, huge hill climbs, all that stuff. And um, it's helped me immensely in terms of getting used to, like I'd say, like choosing my, uh, my line in terms of like scanning back and forth because you have to, when you're riding around big objects, so you don't smash into anything. But, um, I was actually looking at my pictures from Roebling last weekend and I found myself riding the bike, like a dirt bike, I guess maybe because Roebling was really bumpy and instinctive. You know, I'm also not a guy that adapts to things as quickly as like Jackson or something, but maybe the bumps or something, had correlation with dirt bikes on my elbows are out and i'm sitting like on top of the bike like wrestling the machine everywhere and uh i've never ridden the bike like that before so uh, it's helped me it's helped me mostly but that's one negative thing i think that i'll eventually make go away but
1: yeah it's interesting what translates and and what you know
2: where you have to consciously adapt Mm -hmm.
5: yeah so i don't i don't i don't ride on the dirt i'm allergic to the dirt <laughs> every time i ride on a dirt bike i crash and mess myself up so uh i like to push and that's kind of my problem and i'm i mean I've, i have a lot of fun riding on the dirt and, but I, every time i like think i want to buy a dirt bike and like start doing even like motocross or even just trail fast trail riding or anything i always end up fucking myself up so I don't know. I mean, I, I ride my mini and my mini is like the best trainer for me. Uh, you literally can push that thing as fast as it'll go. And you learn that like momentum carrying limit of the smaller bikes and just translates real, real good to the, the bigger bikes. So, um, yeah, but as far as flat track, I've done it a couple of times. I did some knobbies only circles, like circle track or whatever that is, dirt, uh, flat track. And, uh, Me and my buddy were on like a 140s, Kawasaki 140s, and everybody else was on like 450s, and we both beat them on the little bikes, which was kind of funny. So, I mean, I understand the concept of like, you know, sliding around and like the front and rear moving, but I I feel like the dirt is too slick. And so, like, the street, when you're on the street bikes or on the road bikes, uh, it doesn't move quite that much. It's a little bit more. Floaty, I guess it's a little bit different of a feeling, and so if I get comfortable with the the dirt sliding like all crazy, and I I feel like it's too much on the street bike, and I'll just lose it, you know. So I don't know. I I just am definitely a little bit more technical and less slide, I guess.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I knew I knew you were a minis guy, and and you know I think that the connection there is it's about riding a bike at the limit, and you can you can take you can lower the limit by going to dirt. And lowering your traction or you can get on a bike that's made for a kid and put 150 100 175 pound man on it and sling that around and either way it's it's like we can get to the limit without going you know on a road racer and, and crashing and spending a bunch of money and banging ourselves up um, but, yeah, but you still learn how the bike's going to behave at the edge
5: yeah that's the key man i mean if you're comfortable with anything at the limit then you know what it's like. I mean, even jumping from like R three to a R one, which I did for a whole season, I was going back and forth between an R one and an R three. I was you know, pushing the R three so far that my corner speed on the R one was amazing. And I had a stock shitty bike and was able to keep up with all these dudes on really powerful built super bikes with literally a bone stock R one with stock suspension and stock everything. Like there, it was just had body work on it pretty much. And it was awesome. I even raced a Moto America race. <laughs> did, pretty, did pretty decent, so it was it was cool, man. I mean, just learning that limit. The corner speed is the key. I mean, you make up time in the straights, obviously, but like if you can carry momentum and carry
1: corner speed and be comfortable at limit at the limit, then you can go fast. So, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, one more note on Hayden Schultz before we move on. Um, Hayden Hayden is uh, distinguished. In the Twins Cup in that not only is he racing, he's also renting Yamaha FZ07 race bikes. So um, if anybody is interested in, hey, maybe I want to come out and try this Twins Cup thing, but I don't want to build a bike myself. Um, or maybe we've got some Suzuki guys that, that want to want to try the dark side with the Yamaha. Um, Hayden's out there. Maybe we could even see some ex-pros come out of retirement and try this Twins Cup thing. Um, but anyway, it's it's really cool that that they're offering these bikes. I'm sure they'll be they'll be put together very well based on the the team he's got. And um, want to wish him good luck in that business, and hopefully he can keep it going.
5: I think the kid'll be fast. I think it'll take him a little bit to get used to the whole, yeah, you know, the whole scene. But uh, I think eventually he's going to pick it up. I mean, he's definitely not a slow kid, so he'll. He'll be up there, man. I mean, like you said, almost everybody you've mentioned has a chance of winning a race i mean if if it goes that way, there's some fast people in in our class so
1: yeah it's it's funny, you know like um i love I love Superbike, I love six hundred, but you can look at those those entry lists and say, well these four or five guys somebody somebody out of that group's gonna win um and I tried really hard, and I ended up with twelve guys that I think could win. I tried to keep the list short. <laughs> um and and it's like that almost every weekend at at the twins races so it, it you know the unpredictability is great it makes for a great show for for the fans
2: yeah and the riders are different and the bikes are so much different i think like the suzuki's perform like uh maybe better at a track like vir versus the yamahas or maybe better at a track like uh road america and then you know you got that different combination of bikes that succeed and do bad at certain tracks and then you got you know different riders that are good and bad at certain tracks. It's it's always, you know, a mix of and match of, you know, who's going to win and who's going to lose. Pretty cool to watch.
1: Yeah, it is, right? And we've got 15-year-olds racing against
2: 55-year-olds. Exactly. And <laughs> the same guess, you don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose. And the, the riding styles are so different, you know? Like, watching Michael Barnes last year was very, like, kind of precise and calculated. And, you know, maybe more young kids are like, I'm throwing it in there. I don't care, you know? <laughs> yeah that's right it's quite quite a spectacle
1: so we got i got one more guy i want to talk about one more guy to uh keep our eyes on this weekend and that is um caleb de so um caleb uh as some of you guys know is on a yamaha fc07 backed by uh dj zaya uh, built by rowing toys in florida uh caleb years ago was a moto america 600 rider uh he had some good good results in motocross and then uh last summer he showed up at laguna on his first race on on a twin and he won and he kind of made the rest of us look slow uh i think he qualified 12th and got an okay start and then just came through the field and and gapped barnes and, and dumas and then unfortunately like a week later, he went to a club race and broke his femur, uh, and it took him the rest of the season to to get back up to full strength. Um, caleb has been training with uh, a guy named Garrett Gerloff, which you guys may have heard of. Um, and I, I just think um, you can't overlook Caleb DeCarroll this weekend on a fast bike, fast rider. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, is this guy got? Is he one of the
2: favorites? I, I think so. I I, I ran into him. I uh, actually went to my girlfriend's house in Texas for a little bit to go help her out with her bike. And I actually ran into him at a storage unit. And uh, I got to talk to him for a little bit. And after talking to him, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he eats, sleeps, and breathes motorcycle. I mean, he he wants it bad. And I mean, like, it's really, really hard to, you know, put somebody down like that. I mean, like, I mean, like everything he does is in his life is trying to make him better on the racetrack. You know, he's, he's extremely dedicated. And on top of that, he's extremely talented on, and, uh, I was talking to him about how he was doing at Laguna and apparently something was really wrong with his suspension. Um, he had like no preload in the front or something like that. And they were like, we'll just go learn the bike, whatever. And he ended up running ninth or something like that. And the second he figured out how to ride the bike, I mean, he kind of walked away from the crowd. Um, so I would definitely put him up as one of my favorites.
4: Madonna, which
1: um, I think which uh, I which guy has a better pink? Is which, which which pink is better? Is it is it Syndicate pink or Rolling Tours pink? Which one's Syndicate better? Syndicate
2: pink is better. He's got the frame painted. <laughs>
3: hey, but I, yeah, I think the, I have I, the, the, the 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 longest Moto America pink streak though. I, I think I'm the OG yeah, with the pink.
5: True. Jackson actually does. It. He was the OG pink <laughs> for sure. Uh,
1: I'm sorry, Jackson. I didn't mean to overlook you.
3: But uh, but guys, I'm gonna. I've, I've been watching Mike do way too much loading up. I gotta. I gotta get in there and and help. He's done got all the bikes in and everything, and I feel bad. Yeah, all right. No, no cool. problem.
1: Thanks, thanks, Jackson. We're gonna yeah. wind it down here, but uh, good good luck this weekend. Go get them.
2: Thanks, thanks for joining you, thanks us. Thanks for having man. me. See bro.
0: Just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program. If you go to the affiliates page on my website you will see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but if you make a purchase using the links on this page, you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially. So I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course. If you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about bond body armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show.
1: So, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's close out on, on this. Let's make some, let's make some predictions and you can pick yourself, but then you got to tell us who's going to be second. (laughs) Um, what Robbie? i gonna put you on the spot. Who do you you like for this weekend?
2: Who do I like for this weekend? Who I actually think is going to win. Um, I think Caleb DeCaro has the best chance of winning. Um, I think Jackson Blackman is up there as well. I mean, I think Caleb DeCaro has a little bit more experience than uh, Jackson does. But um, I think from what I've seen from Caleb, he jumped on a bike that he's not really ridden much before and how fast he learned it. And I think I mean, he's also on a track that he's never really been before, and he walked away from everyone. And on top of that, I know that Roaring Tours bike that he's on is... Is definitely one of the best machines he could be on. Um, that he's put a lot of money and a lot of time into building that bike. And I hate saying that because I love my SV 650, but I think, Caleb, I think Caleb will be definitely one of the guys up top.
1: Yep, I think he'll be up there for sure. So Hammer, we know you're going to win, but who, who's going to be second? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the goal. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, like you said, I think Caleb's got a chance. I think Jackson's got a chance. I think parish has a chance i think oh man i mean i think as far as top five like coop and toby was even ripping at Robling. i mean he'll be decent um i I mean the the way the twins cup always works is it's going to be a big group man so i like it i think uh i think maybe a couple of those dudes are going to try and check out and you know maybe they can get tangled up or you know keep each other in check or they don't get too far away but i think the I think it's going to be a good race. I mean, I I love that track and I know I'm going to, you know, push and I'm really pumped and I'm feeling confident and I know I can do good. So, I'll, you know, as far as all those dudes, I know Caleb's, you know, really motivated and I know that uh Jackson's fast and he has retard strength and
4: <laughs>
5: um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's going to be sweet. I know Parrish wants to fucking win, so <laughs> it's uh it's going to be badass, man. It's going to be so much fun. Like I it's going to be close. I, all the bikes are really fast this year. I'm sure. I mean, everybody's been developing and developing and,
1: um,
5: and that's a long, hard physical track. I mean, it's going to come down to endurance and, and we have to do it three times. So that's, what's going to be really cool. So, uh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be sweet. I hope, I hope it's nice. I I actually, I hope we have a couple dry races, nice races and one wet, miserable one.
2: So, <laughs> I think to add what yeah, Jason man. said, um, it being a really good race and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if you see three different winners from
5: Yeah, each yeah, the yeah, race, yeah, for sure. You know? That's just how this cup, the Twins Cup, is, man. I mean, you never know. I mean, mm. we're so all cra- kind of crazy, and like everybody has their different points of why they'll be fast and why they're going to win, and it's got a lot of like story compared to some of the other yeah. classes in Moto America. Like, like you said, you know who's going to win, you know who's got the support, you know who's got the better bike. The Twins guys build their own shit, and they come out there angry, you know, and <laughs> it's uh, going to be cool. Especially, we've all been locked up for like two months, and I mean, I've been riding a lot of minis and lost a little bit of weight, and I'm in decent shape. And I think uh, it's going to be, I mean, I'm pumped, man. Like, I know everybody else is, too. I mean, everybody's confident, so uh, it's all in your head, man. So we'll see who's got their head on straight and who's ready to fly. It's yeah, you're right.
1: It's for sure, been, uh, been a long off season. People got a lot of pin up energy. I think uh, it's going to be a great race for sure. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stick my neck out. I'll, I'll make a pick or two. Um, we got a double header. I think I got to go with Yamaha's. That's a that's a big hill leading on to the start finish, and um, I think that uh, some of the Suzuki boys have closed the gap on horsepower. But but until I see it, I'm still going to pick a Yamaha. And um, I think I'm going to take I'm going to take Parish on Saturday because uh, he's been there a few times. He's not one up there yet. And then I'm, I'm going to go with with Caleb DeCarroll on Sunday because I think he'll he'll have it figured out by now. But um, would not be surprised at all to see see Madama or or Cooper up there, or, or of course any any other fast guys we've talked about. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Parish and, and Caleb.
5: So you guys are forgetting yeah. about something though we're all racing for second place because Rocco's out there so uh (laughs) basically uh he's on the m4 bike and he's gonna be leave us all in the fucking dust so uh basically (laughs) we're talking about second to fourth here boys so
1: i i think uh i think you're gonna hear a chip on your shoulder
5: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not kidding man Uh, that kid i raced that kid before he is insane uh He's very, 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 very talented, and I don't think anyone's going to have a chance. So uh, that's kind of my prediction. He's the one person that I am like worried about
1: mostly. Yep, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, we, we were talking to Rocco earlier. I think some of us think it might take him a couple of races to to really get to alien level. But um, <laughs> no. yeah, also wouldn't no. surprise me if he came out of the out of the blocks and and just nope. just took off. No.
5: Nope. Nope. You guys are wrong. Watch. Just watch. I've predicted this before. I have predicted it three, four years in a row, man. Like it's, uh,
1: it's over. So, uh,
5: we'll be racing for a second. It'll be sweet.
1: <laughs> okay. I like it. A definitive pick. I, I respect that. Yeah.
5: I'll put money on it.
1: <laughs> Super. Well, well, hey, guys, um, thank, thank you so much for, for calling in from, from the road or from, from wherever you are trying to get ready for the race this weekend. Um, thanks, Jackson and Cooper, for calling in earlier while they are trying to get ready. Um, I, I'm, I'm bummed that I don't get to, to join you this weekend, but I'm, I'm super excited to, to watch this one. I think it's going to be a great doubleheader at Road America, and it'll be a great show for the fans. I uh, also want to thank uh, Chris Geis, so you want to ride podcast for letting us come and, and hijack his program.
0: Yeah, uh, we
1: enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, my pleasure.
0: No, it's, yeah, it's it been a ton of fun. It's, it's really interesting just as, as a fan, as a racing fan, I've learned a ton, you know, just, just by listening to you guys talk tonight. So that's, that's been really awesome. Chris, thank you for co-hosting. It's been really cool. Um, I hope we get a chance to do it again, you know, in the future, if you want, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing a couple here and there just to cover twins cup during the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll do a uh, Tw- Twins Cup takeover.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. go, man. There you go. So, <laughs> Twins Cup
2: takeover. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm always. I'm always in. So.
0: Cool, cool. So, Jason, Robbie, uh, thanks for joining. It's been, been a ton of fun. Hope you hope you hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I will see you guys out at the track this
2: weekend. Awesome, man. Right see on. you there.
0: It's actually kind yeah. of funny because, like the you know, you guys are talking about picks and you know who's going to win or whatever, and, and which is cool. But I'm like thinking, oh, where am I going to place myself on the track? You know, I got I to gotta get a picture of Hammer when he does his wheelie, his victory wheelie, you know?
5: <laughs> victory wheelie, victory wheelie. Yeah, or no,
0: wait, second place. So. Uh, uh, hey, either way, man, either way, it's all good. It all looks good on film, so.
5: Yeah, no, I just want to have fun, and uh, I hope the racing's tight. I mean, you know, I hope that it isn't just a they. Rocco doesn't just desecrate us, and we can all battle, and you know, maybe we can prove uh, prove me wrong. You know,
0: yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see.
5: I'm gonna try. I'll tell you what. I'm not scared.
0: Sweet. Send it. Send it, man. Send it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Thank you.
0: All right, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm gonna shut down the recording. If you want to hang out a little bit, we could just chat a little bit afterwards. Cool. Cool. Good night, thanks. everybody. If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to so you want to ride a motorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at so you want to ride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride or find the links on my website or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis, or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thupper Club, where I will list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening, and just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride.